Welcome to another episode of Not Your Average Netizens. Uh, this is your host, Tim, a.k.a. Murdy, and I am joined by a wonderful pod of three lovely uh, podcasters. <laughs> I kind of lost it there, sorry. Uh, <laughs> I, first up, I have Kiara. Hey, everyone. Uh, I also have Nico. Hi. And, of course, our wonderful producer, Juliet. Who's muted? <laughs> I forgot to unmute. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, guys. So our producer doesn't know how mute works. Let's see how this works. <laughs> I know how it works. I'm just bad at remembering and I have it on. <laughs> um, okay, so as always, we're going to do uh, some comebacks and debuts uh, that were interesting. There's quite a bit. So really, we're only going to talk about um, sort of the ones that we deemed the most interesting uh if we missed a group that like you would like us to talk about you should mention it or communicate to us in comments and we can totally like make it a point to talk about that particular group but first up um we have yoon Jungshin and zico have their song wi-fi i don't have a lot to say other than that i hate this song and everything about it um i don't i don't know how you guys feel about it well um i kind of right up i kind of Love this song. I didn't care for the video. It didn't make sense to me. It wasn't appealing to me. But the song itself, I loved. It seemed like an, it seemed like an old school ballad. It's, it feels like they married like the past with the present. It seemed he sang it like an old school ballad, but it was like a modern up tempo, like a mid tempo coffee shop single featuring Zico. But I love the the really weird Wi-Fi things they did with the beat in the background and oh i hate that i know i know okay so this is art so i knew immediately when i heard the song that some people were gonna hate that and that's fine but i'm one of those people who happen to love it it took the song from just being a, a like boring ballad or boring mid-tempo coffee shop single and like morphed it into this like really weird kind of progressive sound I happen to love the song. I'm probably going to end up downloading it. It'll be the first piece of Zico anything on my playlist. So congratulations to Zico for finally branching out and, you know, doing something that was worthy of my tunes. <laughs> I agree with you. As soon as I heard it starting slow, I was like, oh, no, this week is not going to be good. <laughs> but then, like, that little buffering effect thing came on, and I was like, yes, I love this. Also, uh, Zico's part was really good, and it reminded me of, I don't know if you guys have heard the song uh, Last Scene by Filter, but it reminded me of that, and I love that song. Okay, well, I think it's butt. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we also have um, Lovelies, who returned with the song Wow. Uh, Kiara, you can go first. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Wow. Uh, I really love it. It's my type of cute style, I guess. Um, I know a lot of people kind of were like doing a double take because I think, what is it? The uh, What is it, the bridge? I'm not sure what to call it, but there's a certain part 
where it sounds very similar to their last song. And I guess they were trying to go for a similar sound, but cuter, because supposedly this is supposed to kind of be like a trilogy from their last song to this one and then probably the next song. So I guess they're trying to go for a similar but cuter song. But I don't know. I really like it. And watching their comeback stages just make me love the song even more. Like the music video is cute and everything. and But um, I feel like it doesn't fully do justice to the song. It's when you watch them perform it and watch the choreography and everything. It's just like, oh, my God, I love it. It's cute. I'm all about it. And I love Lovely, so I'm here for it. Um, I think, uh, you know, I know some people are over the, like, oversaturated color poppy videos, but I happen to love them still, and, um, I loved this video for what it was worth. My only problems with it and the song was the song starts out kind of soft in a, um, production minor. Like, it seems underproduced at first, and then the music comes in, and it's like, whoa. Um, it's really cool. It sounds like something that could be like very 80s inspired, but with this weird little minor twist. And by minor twist, I mean like a minor chord. It, it's intriguing enough just to make you want to like keep listening to it to figure out what it is that's so like special about it or interesting about it. But I don't, I don't know anything about Love These. I didn't listen to them before this song, so it's kind of hard for me to like compare it to anything. I don't know how well this will do in the general public or the general K-pop niche, but um, it's interesting to me, and I love 80s music, so it's it's more on the enjoyable side for me than it is not. You got anything, Juliet? Nope. Cool. <laughs> um, so, uh, once again, apparently, I don't get to be with the, mino- or with the majority because I hate this song. Um, this is like the exact kind of cute garbage that I cannot stand. Uh, there's like, hold on, there's nothing particularly special about the song, first off, so it doesn't really stand out. Like, you could compare it to basically any group that has a cute pastel or bright colored image and probably recreate this song's magic with quotes, um, which is kind of my issue with it. And, <laughs> I do think that Lovelies is better than this song, which is kind of what bugs me about it. Um, But I mean, I guess it's fine if everybody wants cute, then cool, whatever. But this is like, if you want the image of cute that I don't like, this is it. (laughs) This is what makes me not like the cute image. So I don't know. You know what's interesting to me? What is interesting to me about Lovelies is watching the video, I found them oddly like familiar not like or like because hmm. no one knows them no i didn't mean unfamiliar <laughs> like slightly familiar or like Dang. um i guess un- I, think- I don't want to say unoriginal because that's the negative but definitely familiar in a not so good way like i found them um everybody in like in their group looks like somebody from another group it's that's because really- there's no one special it's really strange. I mean, yeah, in a like not so special way. And I wonder if that's what's hurting them or if that's part of the thing that's hurting them. Like, I don't think they have anybody original enough to stand out in their group. I mean, even their their main vocalist even looks like somebody else from another group. Really? Baby Soul looks like someone else? I thought she was Oh, she's their main vocalist? I thought Kate was their main vocalist. 
Well, she's one of the main vocalists. Well, see, I don't know much about them. So, yeah, they all kind of, like, look like other people. I saw some Daya in there. I saw some Crayon Pop in there. I saw some Old Rainbow in there. Like, I, one of the girls even looks like Gian from Tiara. I was just like, whoa, who are these people? So, I don't know. Maybe that's what's holding them back. A part of what's holding them back. I mean, this single didn't help either. I think they just need more original songs, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, that's where I'm at. I think they have the talent for it too, especially with Baby Soul in that group. Like, I think they'll be fine. So, so it's just a matter of them putting out a song that's not hot garbage. Yikes! I know a lot of people garbage. were wanting another Destiny, but I don't know. I mean, this supposedly this is supposedly supposed to be a trilogy, so it's supposed to be Destiny first. Now, wow. So, and I mean, based on the music video alone, I felt like they were kind of, I don't know, because they kept showing like photos and like even like figurines and stuff of the girls with their past, um, like outfits from their previous um, comebacks and debuts and their debut and stuff like that. So I don't know if it's, this is them telling us that this is kind of their turning point, that they're going to be changing their sound and look maybe because of, um, fact that it, the song kind of has similarity to destiny which was kind of different for them in the first place and then then they're showing us like the girls in their previous um with their previous songs and their looks like it's them telling us like well this is the last chapter of lovelies being this way and then the next song which is supposed to be the end of the trilogy is supposed to be their whole new complete look and sound so i don't I know it could be I will say something that was extremely cute was the paper thems like bobbing their hands and stuff to the music. I loved that. I thought that was so cute. It's so cute. And then when you watch the performances, they kind of do this head move and stuff like that. That's kind of like the the paper dolls move. It's just oh, so adorable. I don't know. I feel like people just need to watch the performances. I mean, this is not their best song. I'm not gonna claim like this song is amazing and it's yeah. original and it's the best song of 2017 but it, i i like it i don't know i mean when it comes to k-pop for me it's such a nuanced genre of music and videos and stuff i usually have a three-point rule for every song i tell people you know watch the video then listen to the song with headphones on and then watch one live stage like a really good live stage of it and see how you feel once you go through that three-point system and usually something in there will change your mind or make you feel some type of way in a good way or a bad way and it'll decide for you whether or not you like a song for real if anyone's gonna watch any of their comeback stages for a while please watch the one for music core because to me that was their best stage so far so Thank you. <laughs> um, next up, we also have uh, Gugu Don's uh, A Girl Like Me. This is the first like actual video by them or anything by them that I've actually like watched and paid attention to. It's okay. It's not bad. Like It's not super interesting, but I don't think it's bad by any means. I like the music video because it was kind of simple from what I remember, but... Uh, I don't know. It didn't like again. It's a, it's another song that didn't like stand out, but it's not bad. I didn't hate listening to it. Um, I just don't know. It's one of those songs that like I feel like a group that's already established something should put out, not a group that doesn't have an established image or concept yet. Agreed. I felt like they were trying to sound like every other girl group, and also Mama. And also okay. Mama Moo. 
I'm gonna like, there's that one point where it sounded like they were trying to be Mama Moo. Hmm. I, I'm, I'm gonna, gonna hard disagree with that, but I, I will <laughs> I didn't say, say they succeeded. I I will say I I'm a Google Don stan already. Um, I didn't really care for Wonderland though, to be quite honest. But there were songs on their first mini album that I fell in love with, and I, I'll say this album. I like much better. And this song particularly, I like much better than the first song. I do agree, though, this song would have gotten a lot more traction. It probably would have done a little better if it was done by a group that was more well-established than a second single from a group whose first single was so different than this. Um, but I think this is the direction they should continue to go in. Um, Google Don has seven, at least, really strong or like medium to strong level vocalists who can easily carry a song by themselves. So for them to do this vocally powerful song or vocally heavy song, I think it's great for them. And I think it's a good direction for them to go in. They're a type of group like Lovelies who does a lot of acapella stuff and they harmonize really well and they do really well as vocalists. And I think they should continue down that track. All the girls look there like 100% best they could look in the group. Um, I like the idea of them. I like tag team vocals. I love tag team ad-libs. I like when a group has a lot of um, main lead vocalists and at the end of a song, they all kind of like tag team the harm, like the ad-libs at the end. And it was really good how they went from like Haven to Nyan and then Sejong finished off the song. Like that was really cool. And that's what they should continue to do. The look was great. I like that it was simple. It's catchy enough that people can pick it up. It's super cute. I love that they use Mina's cuteness because that girl is so cute. She has the, the prettiest ears and she looks like a little human Pikachu. And I just want to pinch her cheeks. She is so cute. And I felt like she was underutilized in their last comeback. And I felt like she was also underutilized in IOI. So it's cool that she kind of gets a front and center role in this comeback. And I really like them to keep it going. Um, as for me, I thought the song was all right. Um, it's definitely a, an improvement from their debut. Um, I just kind of laughed because when they debuted, the whole their whole concept and how the music video looked like it was pretty kind of cheaply looking, and a lot of people were just saying, "Oh, it's because you know their concept is you know school girls school play like this is a school play project type of thing. That's why mm -hmm. it looks like all cardboardy and very you know." Go play like which okay it's fine whatever and so that the fact that there's comeback i guess the company saw that well this is not gonna work yeah so we're just gonna up it up a little bit and make it look you know not so cheap and it seems like we just bought stuff from home depot and then colored it and then pasted it on the back so which i mean it's good for them um this song like i said the song was all right and the music video was nice um I still don't really fully see Boogodons. Like, like what is like? They don't capture me just yet. Um, but if they continue down this route, I feel like they'll definitely become one of the more trendy girl I, groups. I think it's important to note that this is their company's first girl group ever, and this is only their second idol group ever. So 
I just hope people like give them the time because I've already seen people kind of being like, oh, but we were done flops. And it's like, well, this is only their second single. They're not even a year old yet. And their last single by itself put them in the top 20 in digital and physical sales for girl groups last year. So I, I wouldn't just, call them flops, but I, just, I mean, yeah, I just give them time. I understand that sentiment because I was a Sistar fan from their very debut, and Sistar didn't, you know, do exceptionally well right away. So I understand yeah. that sentiment. I know. I remember that pain too. It was a. It was a good minute before Sister was on top. Yeah. To be honest, I was so afraid that they were going to become one of those girl groups that did, didn't go anywhere. So I understand that sentiment for Goo Goo Dawn fans. So like, yeah, I don't. I also don't understand why fan people actually. Rude, because they're rude. I mean, to be fair, like, and and I'll hit it quick before we get to the next thing, but to to be honest, when it comes to using the term flop, like, people just like that word, and people like to use it um, way more than it should, like, they like to use it as alternate definitions for what it should mean, because they'll say somebody flopped on debut, like, they don't care. They'll they'll never think about, especially especially if you're talking about people who mostly only stand or mostly only pay attention to big groups that come from the big labels like SM or JYP or YG. Like those people throw out, oh, this group flopped the quickest because they're used to their groups coming out and either being very relevant or winning immediately. That's it. There's no like there's there really aren't that many groups from those three labels that come out and just get like moderate success at the beginning and sort of like people kind of care, but not really. It's always, there's a big deal, but that's not the song yet, or they're a big deal, boom, day one. So people have that mindset going into seeing some of these smaller groups that work a lot harder. Like Sister worked for over a year to get to where they were um, before they really got picked up and got steamed. Nobody said they flopped. Before that, they were just waiting for the one song to make them be on top. I think people just like to use that term a lot, whereas really you should use it for a group that puts out a song that's a group that's already established that puts out a song that they think is going to do good. And then it gets crapped on. That's really a song flopping or a comeback flopping. But it is what it is, whatever. It's it's one of those things that I just don't like when people use a word that has a, you know, already agreed upon definition and they just really nearly use it for freaking everything. Yeah. Um, next up, we have Ailey, who gave us the song Reminiscing. It kind of seems like it's just sort of thrown out there, but cool. The music video is cute, I guess. It's kind of just her walking and then like seeing some cool stuff and then her singing in front of a crowd, which was a lot of fun. I really like that part. Um, for the song itself, I don't like this song that much. There's a thing that some that people do sometimes that I really don't like, which is one, they try to put words into a spot where they don't belong um, very, very quickly. And two is they try to mask the fact that they're doing this by singing very high. That is exactly what Ailey did to me. And I'm very upset with it. So the the parts where she hits those really high notes and like uh, spits out a quick set of lyrics, I hate all of those parts. And they make the whole song just not sound good to me because I just know that that part is coming back at some point. And outside of that, I think it's a pretty song. It's very lovely, very in Ailey's wheelhouse. Just she kind of tried to flex her muscles a little bit um, and do something new. And I just don't think that this is the avenue to do that. Like that that part of the song really, really bugs me. So this song doesn't really do anything for me. It was nice to see Ailey again. I'm always excited to see Ailey. So like if she goes and actually promotes or something, I would watch all of them because it's her. But outside of that, like I just don't really dig the song. I'm not going to buy it. I'm not going to like go crazy supporting it 
it, it is what it is. Like, I love Ailey. I love her to death. I don't like this song. Is he the only one that wanted to comment on it? Yep. I wish somebody had told me I would have said it at the end, but all right, cool. <laughs> um, Sorry. It's all right. Uh, next up, we have Taeyeon, who uh, released the song Fine, which dropped with her full album, right? Yes. Okay. Um, so I guess this is the song that she'll actually be promoting is the plan? Nico? Yes. Yes, Nico. Yes. yes. <laughs> I'm always asking you when it relates to SM, for the, yes. for the record. Uh, okay. So I don't like this song near as much as I like I Got Love. I think that this song especially – I think – I'm gonna say this first. I think because I got love came out before this song, I'm judging. I I'm judging this song against I got love. So I need to make that clear in mm -hmm. why I'm gonna be very harsh. Um, I think that this song is a very boring Korean Taylor Swift song, and I have zero interest in it. The music video is okay. Like she looks really pretty, and it's kind of hard to make a bad music video when it's just like a pretty girl who's in very very in the element of the song. You know, like clearly this is the music video you would expect to be with this song. And she looks fine. Like she's doing a good job of looking very sad and not necessarily feeling fine, which is cool. I I don't like the break when like supposedly she's she gets sad and they have the music cut out and like the lady goes over and is like, oh my god, what's wrong? That part felt super fake to me because she does not look that upset. She's just like, oh, this is where I'm supposed to be upset. Oops, let me put my head down. <laughs> I really hate that moment. I don't know. It just feels like a Taylor Swift song. Like I could turn on a pop radio and uh, in the States and I could hear this song come on right now. So that that's my only complaint with it. It just doesn't feel special, especially when you gave me something that was so, so special just before this. And then I know that's why I don't like the song that much. Okay. Uh, first of all, I just like to say that I hate that the singer-songwriter genre has now become Taylor Swift songs because Taylor Swift could literally never. Taylor Swift could rehearse her entire life, take vocal lessons for all of eternity, and never be able to do what Taeyeon did in that song. That, that, okay. Now, <laughs> I don't, I, I get what you mean when you say it's a Taylor Swift song, and I don't disagree with you. In fact, I agree wholeheartedly with you. I just hate that we've gone to call things Taylor Swift things when Taylor Swift is so incredibly mediocre. Okay, I could agree with that. But I do think, <clears throat> I, I wasn't even talking about the vocal talent. I know, you're talking yeah. about the type of song. and that's Because I, like, I don't I, think, I don't think it applies to it. all singer-songwriters, because I don't feel that way about, like, IU very often, and I don't feel that way about Taeyeon very often. It's this song, this particular yeah, sound. Taylor Swift, since she's been a pop artist, she has a very particular sound. I agree with that. And I'm saying that Taeyeon, this fun song, fits in that sound. I just want everybody to know, though, that what Taeyeon okay, did with this sound okay. is something that Taylor can never do. So I just okay, wanna, I, I see special. what you're saying. My bad. So I, I, I just want to put that out there because, yes, I will never, ever, 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 ever give Taylor Swift props for her mediocrity. So that's first. Okay, so then to get into this song, I also agree with Tim in that I found I Got Love to be a that I liked, I got love better than I liked this song. I just love the sultry, weird, progressive, everything that she gave me and I got love. And it was actually pretty 
it was a good marketing idea, but it was a pretty deceptive to put out I Got Love and have us expect her to go in this different direction with this album and then give us I 2.0. I was like, damn it. I When I heard this song, I was like, damn, she did it. She duped us. It's I 2.0, and I knew it was going to be. Then she put out I Got Love, and I was like, oh, shit, she's going to give us something else. And then she doubled back. She fell back on her laurels and she just put out I 2.0. Now, I, I, now this is to say I don't dislike Fine. I've actually grown to love Fine. I love how she powerhouses the vocals at the end. And her falsetto was really pretty at the end. And she did some uh, really cute ad-libs. But I just was like, okay, this is not that much different than her wheelhouse of what she usually does. Um, the video was cute. There's not much to say. Actually, Tim, I agree with you more about the stuff you didn't like. That's crazy. Because I also, I also didn't like the break in the music video. Um, especially knowing, like, it broke up the, um, the dynamics of the progression from the bridge to the high, the last high note. So that was missed in the music video. But when you listen to the song, it's so dynamic and it's so powerful. It's just like, wow. We could have gotten that in the video, but we missed it for this like attempt at acting. And I was really, I was like, okay, this is pretty, this is pretty sad. But the video made it got me a little emotional because I was right there with her. I was like, I'm not fine either, Taeyeon. I'm gonna feel better about this. But it was, it was, it was what it was. It's a very interesting song. It's. Um, a very interesting song subject, I mean, and it makes you feel weird about how to feel. Um, it makes you realize you're not fine, but you're just going to be like, I- I'm not fine. <laughs> and then it just opens the floodgates. Does anybody else have any feelings? I think all the feelings have been put out there. Oh, Just that uh, I think it's a slight insult to call this song an I 2.0 and I is way better than this, but okay. No, I thought it was I 2.0 as well, so. I mean, it could be a downgrade. 2.0 doesn't have to be better. Yeah. Okay, then that's fair. <laughs> She's like, I will accept that. Um, I didn't even think about that, but yeah, now I'm kind of on that boat too. It just feels like I all over again. So uh, next up we have uh, Live, who I, I don't know if he's done anything before, but he has a song now with Dean called uh know me um this is probably this probably was my favorite song of this group that we got uh to pick from um i definitely it was it was a close running between this and the the uh firewater but um i don't know i like the song i like it a lot uh it it's a lot of fun it's obviously in my wheelhouse so it's probably no surprise to anybody who has listened to me talk about how much i like k-hip-hop that i like the song but I don't know. I like it. I think that both voices worked really well. The intro that just started out with him rapping like immediately was really, really cool. I love that. Um, But I don't know. I liked it. And the music video was okay. I guess it's kind of boring. It's not special or anything. I guess the sunset was pretty. I don't know. It's it's not it's not special. I don't know what you want. It's really not. Um, I thought it was a great song, too. I thought it was a really smart collaboration because their styles and their voices fit really well together. Like, even the video kind of looked like a Dean pour-up style video. Mm-hmm. Um, 
yeah, it was really good. I recommend it. Also, he has done stuff before. Okay, I thought so. DPR. Yeah, I thought so. He's he's with what? DPR. Oh, right. That's right. I think he's their only artist. They have um there I think there's one more guy on DPR that's an artist, I feel like. And I know they have that V-Hawk dancer or whatever. Well, if there is, then he's not on their website because I just looked it up today. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. Um, but, uh, does anybody else have anything? I'm assuming that not that many people watch this one. Nope. Yeah, that's what I thought. Okay. Uh, and then last up, we have, um, I don't know how to say this group's name, Blanc7. I'm uh, assuming. Yeah. Um, it's not special. Like, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I don't really have anything. It's not good. It's not special. I don't know. Um, if I'm remembering, no, no, no. Never mind. That's a different group. No, yeah. I just I didn't like this one. I didn't uh, care for the song. It, well, the song was it wasn't bad. It just isn't anything new. The video was really cool though. They're dancing around in this like gray room with these like fluorescent lights like hanging from the ceiling and then they just play with light throughout the video so at the end of the video they kind of lay down on the floor and the screen pans above them and all the all the ghost lights which are just like lights on tripods that are like high up they were like all in a circle reflecting, like pushing light into the light in front of it. And they formed this like octagon or something that was really cool. So that was fun to watch. The dancing was really good. I feel like the dancing was so high energy. It didn't really fit the song at all. But for what it was worth, I mean, it was all right, I guess. I'm not gonna go, go out and say like, it was so unique or whatever, but I think there was a little bit of a unique thing going for them and I think that they do have a little bit of potential. So that's what I'm looking forward to. Also, I thought it was really interesting. My friend pointed out that like, there's no close-ups or like face shots in this music video. And like, even the group shot is too dark to see their faces. So I thought that was interesting. They're not trying to like seduce you. And it's basically just a fancy dance practice. Yeah, yeah, I can see that for sure. Yeah, I, I I do agree with the lights. I thought the lights were really cool. Um, I will, I will amend what I said previously and say that the music video was pretty solid, <laughs> but everything else about it not so great. Um, for for me personally. So we'll go straight into news then. Um, I don't want to talk about this, so I'm not going to. Uh, BGA is making a comeback. Y'all can talk about it. I don't know what Tim has against BGA, but they're making. It's a so stupid. <laughs> But it's supposed to be, though. It's a parody. This is my my issue with BJ is very, very simple. Nobody takes K-pop seriously in the West already. So the fact that, like, a lot of people are who, like, we're talking about a very popular YouTuber. We're not talking about just some nobody. Uh, The fact that he's making a parody of something that already isn't taken seriously and gets joked on all the time doesn't sit right for me especially because it's a crap parody like if it at least had been good then i'd be like okay cool but it's not it's not even a good parody so it's just them taking the piss out of k-pop and i'm not gonna sit here and like stand on an iron throne and be like it's not funny blah 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 blah. but i encounter a bunch of people who think that k-pop is a joke and that there's no talented artists there and that everything that's in k-pop is garbage so 
I can't convince people when they can show this stupid video and be like, here, look, even they think it's a joke. Like it just, it doesn't sit well with me. I don't like parodies of things that already get called a joke all of the time. It just, it feels like low hanging fruit for me. So I, I just don't like it. I'm sorry. So this is what it is. I will actually agree with that. I definitely agree, but I just don't care enough about them to care. Like I don't consume Ryan Higa in any form, so <laughs> like I mean, no, like I, I've I've been done. With what are everything. What are we in high school? Really, we're gonna giggle about this? <laughs> What's funny? Yeah. I don't understand. You just said that you don't consume Ryan Higa in any form. Ryan Higa media, like Ryan Yes, Higa's I knew what you meant, product. which is why I didn't. I knew know. exactly what he meant, too. Get your mind out of the ghetto, okay? Focus. Get your mind out of the ghetto. Get okay, so I... This is a tangent that I don't want to get on. But uh, I grew up in the inner city. My neighborhood is not like 92% African-American. And... I went to school at our art teacher was not African-American and she made like a joke and she slipped up and said, get your mind out of the ghetto instead of the gutter. And like our little fourth grade sales, we were all pissed. We went home and told all our parents about it and it got really bad, but I never forgot that. And so instead of saying your mind out of the gutter, I always say get your mind out of the ghetto. So tough. Get your mind out of the ghetto. Fair enough. I mean, it was funny, so I'm not. But I'm not I mean, to get his to. his parodies are always a little um, off, off like close to offensive to people who are. It wouldn't mind like it wouldn't matter to people that it wouldn't offend, but it's always like just a little close to being offensive to people to certain types of people. So I don't find that kind of humor funny in any means. So I've been done with him for a long time. So. I didn't really care that he did that. Like, I just didn't. I ignored it. I, one thing I do appreciate, though, is them showing, like, the behind the scenes and stuff and just showing how hard it actually is to do this K-pop stuff that they were making fun of. Like, I think that that was important because this stuff, like, regardless of how trivial it looks to some of us, it's, it's, it's an art form and it's hard. It's not easy. So I'm glad they at least showed that side. Right. And I, I think it's I think it's fair to give them credit that they at least show that side. But like that side doesn't have any views. Like that's that's, that's my issue. That's like, true. That's true. Like, yeah, all that stuff exists. Like most of it has less than half a million views and their stupid, terrible music video has eight million views. Like it's okay. stupid. And that's what makes me mad is because the only thing that they show is the joke. They don't show the lead or they don't nobody cares about the lead up aside from other people who are actually interested right like i bet you a lot of the people who watched all of that either consume everything that ryan higa does which is probably the vast majority and then the rest of the people are people who are curious about like how hard it was you know because mm -hmm. like a lot of people who are involved in k-pop or like k-pop i should say care about how hard things are and find it interesting to see that stuff yeah so you then have like the actual music video it's got eight million something views and i'm sure there's people who actually like it which i don't understand those people but that's what people see so people just see the joke like look here's five guys who can't sing can't dance and they also can't speak korean and here they are making a music video you know how many times i have to talk about people like there are so many people who will point to the one person in a group and go this person is not talented why are they here and it's like yes i know okay yes that's the joke. They made their whole group that, and it's a joke. And 
8 million people like it. Like, I just, I can't deal. I can't deal with it. I'm sorry, Tim. Also, Ryan Heat is a piece of shit, and that's why I don't like him. No, why? Uh, Go watch his video about kind of making a parody about people who don't like politically correct people, and it explains exactly why I don't like him. Okay, I don't know. I haven't seen that one, but I don't know. I like Ryan Higa, but I'm I'm with you guys. Like, I don't like them making fun of K-pop, and also it feels like they're doing a little bit of what everybody else is doing, which is trying to get the K-pop audience to watch, even if they don't care about K-pop. So, not down for that. But thank you, Tim, for finally stating your opinion on BGA. You're welcome. I wish I never had to, but there you go. <laughs> I don't know. I've always like I'm in. I'm not a huge Ryan Higa fan, but I do watch his, I've been watching his videos in and out for like many years now. I don't know, I always found him funny, but I guess there are times when he does pushes the envelope a little bit farther than he should. Um, But as for BGA, I'm sorry, I'm going to have to be one of the ones who found it funny at first. I don't know, because the thing is, I just remember like K-pop fans always wanting like him not just him but also phil from wong fu productions who was part of it you know to talk about k-pop be part like i don't know people really have been wanting them to be part of the k-pop fandom if you want to say for many years now and um i don't know i guess in a way it's a response to that but um i'm curious to how david Choi feels about this because i mean he's a part of this and he is korean american what um Oh, sorry. Sorry, I was thinking about somebody else. Uh, uh, he's like the one that sings at the very end. Like, the dong sayat. Yeah, like the for some I- reason I was thinking of David So, and I was like, what are you talking about? But <laughs> continue. Um, so, you know, he's Korean American. So, I mean, I have a feeling, like, I don't know, maybe, who knows, maybe because this is kind of part of his also, you know, thought, like, what did he think when Ryan came up with this idea? And, um, you know, I think he's also part of the ones that created the lyrics, if anything, because, you know, someone had to come up with the Korean lyrics. You can't, because unfortunately, Google Translate Translator is not the best thing. So, I mean, I don't know. I thought it was funny, and I'm pretty interested to see where they're going to do this whole comeback thing. Um, who knows? Maybe they'll tone it down a bit. They'll make it less be too on the nose. But I, I've seen, actually, I actually watched a few, like, um, Korean YouTubers react to this and majority of their reactions to it is like what the f is this but no one I see get offended I mean of course they don't speak for everyone but you know I don't know I really don't know what to say about this but uh, but yeah there you go um in relevant news uh Junkae from uh 2pm fell during one of their concerts I guess he fell through a like hole in the stage correct no, um, he was on one of those moving platforms that there was actually two of them. And um, I guess he was standing in the middle of it. And whoever was moving, the staff members who were moving them didn't realize he was there. And so they moved them apart. And so he fell. Jesus. So, yeah, I guess he got hurt and they canceled the rest of the 2 p.m. concerts, right? So, yep. um, so it must be kind of like at least... A big deal. Um, I mean, got hurt is an understatement. He like broke his elbow and like some ribs too. Okay, it's see, I, that's what I was gonna say. I don't, I didn't know what his injury actually was. Yeah, he got a fractured 
uh, his uh, elbow and uh, I believe uh, his, one of his fingers, maybe his middle finger. I'm not sure. I can't remember. But he had to get surgery. Yeah. Like, so he's That's like crazy. completely out of commission. Like, it's not a, it's not even a question of, you know, maybe possibly doing it sometime. Like, he's out of commission for a long time. I wish Janelle yeah. was here. Yeah, I also do because I'm not that. I know um, Kiara is a big 2PM fan, so, but yeah. I just, like, it sucks. Obviously, I feel bad for all the for all of 2pm as a whole i definitely feel bad for junkay i feel bad for all the fans that were super excited to be able to see 2pm so it's just it's one of those things that's like this blows like i don't know what you want me to say about it other than like it just sucks like, i think i think we can I all mean, agree this sucks at first it was just really scary because when when after the fall and everything happened you know there were some fans were reporting oh he hit it looked like he hit his head or his uh, shoulder or back, hit the edge of the stage and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, as someone who wasn't there, like all the fans were like panicked, like, oh, my gosh, if he hit his head or anything at the corner of a stage, you know, that's really bad. And, you know, there was a lot of panic and a lot of, you know, people just worried. So and, you know, because they don't get, they didn't give us the updates on the extent of his injuries until like, I don't know, like half a day you know, later after it happened. And so there was just a lot of confusion. And then, you know, 2 p.m., the rest of the boys, they, you know, they stopped the concert and then they came back out and they had to say, you know, the rest of the the concert is canceled and everything. And they just looked worried. And then Junho was like kind of crying. And then we're just like, oh my God, what is happening? This is too much. And, you know, so, I mean, once they told us that it was like a fracture or whatever, you know, um, it was kind of okay that they had surgery and that he seems to be doing well. Um, he, I think he did slightly get injuries somewhere else, like maybe on his stomach or something like that, but they didn't say that it was anything, you know, too crazy that he's going to be fine. Um, I think people calmed down, but then, you know, a lot of fans got really upset because they're saying that this is a lot of negligence from JYP and their staff and like they weren't like you know because you know when you do these type of concerts especially with those moving platforms you're supposed to rehearse that many multiple multiple times and so the fact that the staff member wasn't paying attention and he moved the stage before he was supposed to move it you know and caused this injury you know a lot of fans were upset and so but I mean I guess JYP is trying to do the best they can they're refunding and um all this type of things. They released multiple apologies. Um, I'm so I got really upset too because that's because when it came out on Korean articles, this accident happened. Some netizens had the audacity to say, "Oh, he was he only did this so he can get out of you know military, you know the whole you going into the military and all that stuff." Now, just like, are these people crazy? Like, what would why would it process in your mind he would risk such a dangerous accident just to avoid going to the military? Like, because netizens are netizens. Like, and that's, JYP, that's by the way, is taking is taking legal action against those malicious comments. So, they I are. mean, take say what you will. I hope it's worth jail time for. Those are serious accusations. You're like, you're, yeah. I mean, yes, people have done it. A, a lot. Example, you know, what's his name? MC Mong and stuff like that, you know, taking purposely taking out his teeth or whatever. Whoa! But still, 
Um, if you don't know about that, I mean, I, that's kind of old schoolish. Yeah. Use, but yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I just, I just realized that uh, that's some old school news. But the minute you said, I was like, oh yeah, mm -hmm. like, <laughs> like I remember that whole scandal. Showing my K-pop age, but yeah. So, um, so yeah. But I'm, I mean, he seems like he's recovering well. He actually posted up on Instagram a video of him in the hospital, and he's just pretty much like. Uh, saying that he's okay and that he's he apologizes for all the worry he gave the fans and everything and that he'll be back soon so he seems like he's doing okay so yeah. that's good at least um i do hope for a speedy recovery and i hope all the netizens that like to spit some terrible rhetoric uh, all respond to this and get sued please just, just go find find this thread, link it to all the people that you know you don't like, and see if they'll say something mean so JYP can sue them. <laughs> um, do, 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 do. So, uh, I guess this is worth mentioning because they're losing members of their group faster than like anybody. Uh, but Top Dog lost another member, um, A Tom or Adam or whatever you want to call him. Uh, he's <laughs> He left Top Dog. He's joining Produce 101 with uh, Punch and uh, some people from Jackie Chan's, I don't know, terrible boy group. Jackie, too. Jackie Chan Chan. Yeah, from Jackie, Jackie Chan Chan. <laughs> Chan. Um, so are also joining Produce 101, which I still, I'm never going to let go of the name Produce 101 <laughs> because that is a genius name. So, yeah, I guess Top Dog keeps losing members, which doesn't surprise me considering their label. There's also rumors that uh, other um, like Nugu groups and like rookie groups are going to send members to produce produce 101 just so they can get kind of some of that exposure like um, other girl groups did by sending some of their people first. Um, but some people have denied the claims and I guess we won't find out which groups exactly until the show actually starts. But um it's it should be exciting i don't think it's gonna be like brushed under the rug or anything i think it's gonna be potentially as big as the original produce 101 was so stay tuned for that i mean there's no reason to believe that it won't be to be honest um just given the nature that the nature of the beast that is k-pop uh shows with lots of pretty boys typically does pretty good well, I guess with the the name Produce 101, it'll help because didn't they also do that whole thing, but they just named it something else and it was all boys and then it didn't really get much attention. Are you talking about I mean, boys that's Boys 24. 24. <laughs> Pretty boys. much, there you go. Like, I, I remember some people were talking about it, but most people were like, eh, this is boring. It's not as interesting as Produce 101, blah, blah, blah. So It's I also mean, not 101 boys, to be fair. Yeah, it was only 49. Yeah, it was like 49, so. yeah maybe that'll help but then i just remember with for that show there was just a lot of really bad like um when the first teasers of all the boys were coming out and then they compared it to the to those photos the overly shot photos to how the boys look like in real life there was just so much like i don't want to say controversy but it was just like there was a difference so yeah but i mean the thing is I think if... that was a little a little much for them to be like what is this like like they still looked yeah. like their pictures but yeah, and, and to be fair, it's it's a hard comparison, too. Like, I do think Produce 101's name is going to help, but per, the only reason that the original Produce 101 was so successful is because the gimmick was outlandish that people tuned in. Like, you got to do something to make to make people's curiosity peak. And 
going, we're going to have a competition with 101 girls. That's going to pop somebody. Like somebody's going to be like, I got to check this out. This can't be real. <laughs> like, so there, there's a, like, you then have a show that has, you know, 49 boys getting narrowed down to 24 or whatever. Like, who cares? I don't care about that. That's such a small number now. I have a show that has 101. <laughs> like, I'll, and I knew that the 101 was coming. So I'll just wait. <laughs> like, what do you mean? Where's Produce 1000? <laughs> yeah, that's next, I guess. Produce 500. Oh, it's going to be the worst. But, but yeah, I think that's part of it, personally, for me, is that the gimmick is so extreme that people feel the urge to tune in. And really, all you have to do for a lot of shows is get people to come in for that first episode. And then you, you'll know that you have them at that point. Because there's too many people who are just like, oh, I, I'm just watching it for the gimmick. And then next thing they know, they've watched every season of Real Housewives in Atlanta and don't know what to do with themselves. Like, it just happens. Is that a personal experience, Tim? <laughs> No, it's not. Thank God. But I watched all of Real Husbands of Hollywood. So. <laughs> Me too. That's a good ass show. I don't care what nobody says. It is really good. Kevin Hart and Nelly are fantastic, and I don't care. It's true. It um, should be interesting though, because there's a lot of like, I guess, Nugu boy band members that are going to be part of this show. So yeah, I guess that's not, another thing they're hoping to catch people's attention. Yeah, it's well. not trainees. It's people that people know. Yeah, I'm, I'd, I'd be surprised if it's only like 101 people that people know. I'm assuming it's going to be like there's going to be a bunch of trainees in there, too. Yeah. Um, but I think it, I think it'll be interesting. It'll it's all going to depend on if any of like if there's any big label or decently relevant label that like tosses somebody in the mix and it's like, hey, we did this. Well, I know so far JYP said that they are not going to. SM also said they're not. Right, and I I don't see um, anybody really important from YG doing it either. But th th I mean, you don't just have. To, I'm not just talking about the big three. Like if they put in somebody from FNC, well, that's kind of a big deal. They put somebody yeah. from Cube, that's kind of well, not as big of a deal anymore, but kind of a big deal. Like <laughs> um, well, we're supposed to be the, in the new Beast group, I guess. Can join. That's what I was thinking too. Is like the two members of the new Beast group should probably be on this show. <laughs> I'm sure they'll pay you, but at least something. Lord knows they could use like a $10 bill or something. Great transition. Yeah. Um, speaking of that, Cube, this terrible label that I don't think deserves anybody's time, is apparently operating in red. So hopefully nobody will need their time real soon here. Uh, they apparently lost $5 million last year, which, I mean, that tracks. So <laughs> um, I really don't have a lot to say other than that, like, Cube is a big scumbag. So I'm kind of excited. It sucks for the people that are on that label. I made a joke earlier before the podcast about CLC, uh, but I know that it's the fault of their label that they're a four-minute junior. I get it. You know, I, I understand. But that being said, the fact that the only valuable asset that Cube has left is Hyanna is very, very sad and very that telling. Uh, is Hyanna, and that's very <laughs> telling. Um, so mean. Who has sold more, Hyanna or B2B? That's what I want to know. I'm saying they are still an asset even if they are smaller than Hannah. I guess. <laughs> then They're I guess CLC is an asset, asset too. I don't know. So, so yeah, I mean, I'm not going to take all the heat out of BTOB because there's a the couple of BTOB songs that I do like. Uh, but I don't know. It's it's one of those things where this is like a label that I think needs to burn in Hellfire and they're trying their best to do it. So it's interesting. Hopefully um, some labels can take, like follow suit in Cube burning itself on fire and maybe we can get rid of Star Empire um, some of these other shitty labels, whatever label Top Dog's on, we can get rid of that brand new stardom or whatever. Get rid of that thing. Like, just, let's just get rid of all these labels that we know operate very poorly and 
maybe we can fix some of these other labels. Especially Star Empire. They need to go. Yep. Star Where Empire needs they? to go desperately bad. Do they have a group left? They still have whatever's left of Nine Muses. Oh. Yeah. But it's not much, right? I mean, they lost basically everybody that's talented in that group. So, yeah. I mean, they kept Taemi and they kept Kyung Ri, who are both talented, but not enough to carry the weight of like Moon leaving and uh, Sarah, who left before, where Moon was carrying all of Sarah's weight and now that's gone. Like, it's just, they lost too much. Like, basically, everybody that people genuinely really like are gone. So, <laughs> with the exception of Kyung Ri. So, it's, it's going to be troublesome for them. They ruined Jewelry. They ruined Jigoge yep. Idol or Zaya. Now they're ruining Nine Muses, so they get no pity from me. Yeah. Well, they were ruining Nine Muses at the same time as promoting uh, Child of Empire, so, you know. <laughs> it's been an ongoing thing, to be fair. They're shockingly bad at ruining good things. Like, the ruining jewelry is the ultimate, like, spit in my face, I guess. So, I don't know how you ruin that group that, like, literally was printing money at one point, but whatever, fine. Um, wow, we just dated ourselves because we started talking about jewelry. Here we go again. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so I don't know if anybody else cares about Cube though. If there's anything left to say about Cube, I don't think so. But no, okay, cool. Um, so I'm mentioning this only because of this podcast history and Ash being on it for so long. Apparently, there's a whole bunch of groups or a whole bunch of companies that plan to find band trainees and uh, make bands. First and foremost, I would like to say you're full of shit. <laughs> like, until you prove to me that you're dedicated to putting a band out on the stage constantly, um, I don't believe it coming from any company that's not FNC. I understand that JYP has their own group now um, that has a band. I get that. Uh, how often do we see them on music shows? So I just don't trust this whole idea that we're going to have bands come and there's going to be a band era. There's like... I'm not saying there's no draw for bands. There clearly is. They, they're very, they're successful enough. Obviously, CM Blue and FT Island made FNC a relevant label. Obviously, Day Six is doing well. There's plenty of uh, band. The tracks, obviously, if you want to go all the way back. So there's plenty of um, history for bands being successful and proving that they're they're uh, a viable act. The issue is that it's expensive to run a band. Um, it's even more expensive to have them promote on music shows because they have instruments and all this other garbage. Most of the time they can't sing or perform live because of the music show and how it's set up. So you're most likely never going to see those bands perform live unless you go see them at a like actual concert. Um, and then even then you're, you're running the risk of potentially them not performing because the stage isn't set up for that. So that's something that people need to keep in mind. And it is a factor in like why we don't see bands work more because when CM Blue popped off immediately after FT Island, the fact that we didn't get flooded with bands is very telling. Like everybody follows whatever's popular. There was a moment for like a good two years where bands were just popular. Like everything CM Blue did, people just went nuts for it. And FT Island sort of didn't really do stuff then, but if they had been, it would have been fine. And AOA has their group come out and that does great. So there was a precedent and there is still is a precedent for groups doing well, having a band image. That being said, I don't believe it. And I don't think we're gonna see anything more than like maybe one or two more bands pop up. I can't imagine, um, we have written here in the notes of the prospective band era. I just, I just, no, I can't, I can't see it. I just can't. I like K-pop bands in like small doses, so I don't think we need a K-pop band era. That's all I have to say. 
Yeah, no, there's been there's been many instances that they try to do like debut bands and stuff like that, but a lot of them just didn't get anywhere. Like I remember when Lead Apple was a thing and you know, they had yep. popularity, but then it kind of quickly died. Um, and then they were shipped off to Japan and they pretty much stayed there. Um, and Romania. <laughs> yep. And then, um, you know, Royal Pirates, um, they got attention a bit at first because, you know, they were popular YouTubers, you know, they did K-pop covers. But then, I, I mean, they got popularity, but also they didn't go anywhere. And then they became no more for like their variety appearances and stuff like that. You know, there was just, there was. A, I remember there was this girl group. I can't remember their name right now, but there was a girl group who tried to do the band thing, and that also that did not work out. They had a like a boxing music video, right? I think so. Yeah, it was so while back. I don't remember. Um, I mean, if you count Wonder Girls for what they did before they disbanded, you know, that was just successful. But I just think that's also part of because they were Wonder Girls. So, yeah, um, definitely. So it's not easy, not something that will be easy to replicate. I don't know, because the thing is with idols and becoming bands, it's like they want to do bands, but then when it comes to doing music shows, a lot of the times they don't perform live because either the they're not equipped to do the stages or not equipped for like live um, band sounds. And so like, I remember that was an issue also with Seat in Blue. I mean, they had popularity, but then they also got a lot of, you know, flack for the fact that they don't perform live. But I mean, how can you when a lot of these stages are ill-equipped for it? You know, when, if you watched uh, the last few stages FT Island did for their last comeback, you can tell they kind of did live because, you know, they had to get those sounds, those glass sound things that, to put around the drummer and everything mm -hmm. just to get a decent sound. And that's something that I think a lot of these music shows don't want to deal with. They don't want to deal with all the extra work you have to do to do all the setup, the proper setups for all these musical instruments. And I'm sure that takes more time, more money. And I don't see a lot of companies really be willing to spend more money that way. They're like, why do that when it can so much cheaper to just do a band group? I mean, look at CLC. They had they started off pre-debut as like this. Oh, this group they. They're, they play instruments and they, you know, they busker their way around Hongdae and all that stuff. And then what, the ha what happened when they debuted? They debuted as a regular girl group that sings and dances. So. You know, no arguing for me. I agree with everything you guys said. I think band concepts are cute. Uh, you know, I think one of the reasons why FCI Land tracks, you know, all these groups that were successful are, it's because they're, you know the fly in the milk they're they're the like once every once in a while group that people can everybody who wants that can kind of cling to and make really popular i think if we saturated the industry with them it'll be it'll fall on deaf ears like it'll become one of those things that people are like no one really like the band thing doesn't make you unique so you have to find other ways to to be a thing i mean let apple flopped and they were being like, they literally pop, and they were YouTube bands too. Um, but I mean, it's just it just is gonna be what everybody's cup of tea is. I think it'll be cool for people to try band concepts every once in a while, done correctly. But as far as you know, uh, a band era, it's just it's not realistic. 
it's just not realistic. You will lose more money than you'll make chugging bands around. But I guess. Um, okay, just <clears throat> two quick things and then we'll rush out of here. Uh, one, Kevin is going to leave you kiss um, when his contract expires, which is this month. Uh, so... <laughs> like that's happening that's the thing that's happening um rip you kiss in general the only thing see the only thing that makes me sad is that some this this means that at some point you kiss is going to break up and you kiss can't be the not your average netizens joke anymore so that's uh, sad. No. can you imagine after losing kevin and uh what's what's it i forgot his name Alex. Oh my God. So what have... no the one that left for columbia was it alexander AJ? alexander AJ. yeah Oh, AJ. AJ. Well, yeah. Alexander's his real name. And Eli right. having a wife and baby, like them still being around, like the I cockroaches think, they are. I think they, I think they'll do it. Oh actually. my gosh, you just not gonna. I think they'll live on forever. I mean, they they are the the cockroaches of K-pop, dude. Their death knell came like three years ago, and they're still here. <laughs> yeah, I think Kevin leaving will only make the expenses smaller. <laughs> <laughs> they're gonna keep going. They're going to keep giving us all the fan service we want and need, and even more than we ever expected. And they're going to stay relevant, you know, and they're going to have Sion and. Whoa, time out. Are we using this relevant word properly? Because I don't think so. <laughs> I mean, they're they're on the they're on the fringe of relevancy, but they're relevant. I don't even think that. that. The only I think the only reason that they're maybe on the fringe is because one of their members had a baby, and people are like, "Oh yeah, you kiss is a group." I forgot. Wow, they have a dude who's married and has a child. That's crazy. who is still promoting though, which is a yep. huge thing. Because they're before that, I would say that their most relevant member if you're talking about like people noticing him would be Kevin. And it's only because Kevin was on a sort of relevant show that every group went on. So that's it. Like other than that, you kiss last bit of relevancy was that they gave us like a threesome that had two guys in it. Like, yeah, that's it. That's the last thing I can remember. And that was three years ago or whatever it was. So like their time, their time came and went real quick. Oh, you kiss. Much more. <laughs> I always love you, Kiss, despite, I know, the hatred they get on this podcast. (laughs) It's not hatred. It's acknowledging (laughs) what they are. It's realism. (laughs) Yeah. We're just, we openly acknowledge their existence in K-pop and what it means. Yeah, I don't hate them. I love their music, but they aren't around, so. No, yeah, it's true. Um, But I don't know. It's going to be so weird, though, because, you know, Kevin is one of the main vocalists, so. And he has a pretty unique voice compared to the other members. So yeah. Once you hear the songs without without him, it's gonna be like, is this really a Yukis song? I don't know. Yeah, we probably don't have to worry about too much of that. So I'm just being real. Um... <laughs> Goodbye. Um. So last but not least, um. Well, oh, we didn't really mention this. Um. Yeah, we're going to save it for a different podcast. We are going to, we would be remiss if we didn't bring up the fact that Mamamoo did did blackface. Um, so we're, we're oh, talking about that. Um, we might keep it quick because we've been running pretty long, but this is relevant news considering it literally just happened. Uh, so Mamamoo is on their um, set of solo concerts right now. And at their first one, they did a parody, well, like a parody cover of a Bruno Mars song. And in doing so, instead of just dressing up like men, 
uh, they decided they need to dress up like men who are brown. So they painted their faces brown to look like Bruno Mars, I guess, and uh, danced around and had their good time doing essentially blackface. Um, people can call it brown face, whatever. It's, it's just, this, the point is the same. Now, they got in trouble for it. People called them out for it, uh, and they issued us an apology. Unfortunately, they decided to issue us two apologies. They issued an apology for the international fans that essentially acknowledges the fact that they not only did blackface, but they were wrong and they were ignorant. It was a pretty decent apology. I might have bought it if they didn't release an apology in Korean that was essentially like, oh, there was just a misunderstanding between us and international people. Don't worry about it, dog. We good. Like, that's essentially what they said. Like, we didn't do anything wrong. We good. See you, nerds. Like, they basically spit on international fans because we can't read Korean. Well, joke's on you, dog. Everything gets translated. So I don't know why you thought that was a good idea. Um, so, like, here's the thing. This podcast, not like, ev- I'm not saying we speak for everyone. We obviously don't speak for every member of the podcast. But in general, the feeling on the podcast has always been very, very good to Mamamoo. Um, we, I wasn't on that podcast, but we basically talked about Kwasa dropping the N-word and let her get away with claiming ignorance. This is another instance in which Mamamoo did the wrong thing. And they've had a history of being slightly problematic. Uh, it's mostly been swept under the rug, but they've had a history of being slightly problematic. It's not yeah. shocking to me. Uh, when I read that they did brownface, I was just disappointed. I wasn't surprised, just disappointed. So, like, I can't explain this any more than that like i like some of the people in that group and i like their music and i like that group i will not stand up for them i will not fight for them i will not go to war for them um and if i can avoid it i probably won't mention them on the podcast until we get like a genuinely sincere apology that makes me believe that they actually mean what they say because right now i can't be asked to mess with mama because they all did it it's not like one person did it they all dressed up in blackface. They all put this gimmick on to like make a joke out of this guy and make a joke out of a group of people in doing so. So no, I'm, I'm just not doing it. Like cool, whatever. I'll admit that Mama Moo is probably one of the most talented groups currently promoting. Sure. They don't mean shit to me right now. So it is what it is. Okay. They're in the same boat where Taeyang is with me right now and that like he doesn't mean shit to me and I'm not going to stand up for him. Okay. So I've been... I've been a Mama Moo fan since day one. Um, I know they did a lot of pre-debut stuff, but like I saw their very first Mr. Ambiguous performance streamed live on YouTube, and I've been a fan literally since that day. Wasa is my bias. Like I ride for her. When she said the N-word in the Beyonce song, I was pissed. I still am pissed about it. We never got an official apology about it. And I still was like, okay, well, you know, why did what so many of us as K-pop fans and fans of people who do stuff that aren't the same race as us, I just said, well, she said it. It's over. I, I'm going to keep listening to them because I like their music. I like what they do. And there's all this other stuff she does that's low-key problematic or microaggressions. Like, she calls herself the black sister of Mama Moo um, and just other things like that. And then we hear, we see that they've come out with blackface. The apology was really beautiful and accepting, and they took responsibility, and they did everything you're supposed to do in an apology. And then you find out, oh, well, 
to the Korean market, they just marketed it as a misunderstanding. They didn't give the same full explanation as they did. And in, a, in what could have been an opportunity to educate their Korean fans as well, who may not know what the big issue is with blackface, but also for everybody else in their agency, for any other K-pop groups that could be watching Mamamoo as like a template for the future, they could have heard what happened, issued an apology, and moved on. Um, but they didn't. They kind of just brushed it on it. So you can't, you can't play both sides. And so I'm kind of at a place now, like Tim, where I'm also just like, well, what do you do? Now, they have said they're going to not show the VCR anymore, so that's done. But that's like too little, too late, and I want to see what's going to happen moving forward. Like I said, one thing that would help me get over it is a video. Like, I would love for my mood to do a video explaining what happened in their own words and how much they've learned about it. Because it could have very well just been an industry PR person that they got, somebody from in the company to issue some standard apology and did it that way. Like the girls might not even know what the problem is. And that is the big issue in K-pop. This stuff keeps happening over and over again and people aren't learning from it. But one thing I would like to read for you all, if you all will indulge me, Mama Moo Daily, which is a huge um, international group that I follow that keeps track of Mama Moo for international fans, actually posted their own statement on the matter and I think it's really cool. And I think that it's important for people to hear. They actually run on the existence of Mamamoo and Mamamoo being successful. And they still posted this, posted this statement for people to like read and retweet out and send out it on social media so people know what's going on. So they said, Mamamoo Daily will not be re- retweeting pleas for people to stop, quote unquote, hating Mamamoo. If you call yourself a fan of Mamamoo, please reflect on your motives for making that kind of emotional demand of people who are angry. Are you protecting Mamamoo or are you trying to protect yourself from discomfort? Mamamoo and Rainbow Bridgeway did something that hurt many people and they're facing the consequences of their actions. Despite their apologies, no one is obligated to accept the apology right away, if at all. You are not a better or true fan for not being offended. You are not a bad or fake fan for being offended. And you don't need to be a fan to have an opinion on this matter. Mama Moo Daily does not condone harassment of other people and hope that fans will show understanding and empathy to others. And I think that's pretty important. Because what we often have when we have these idols mess up is you have one camp who says this is wrong educate them, say what's wrong. You have another camp that's like, burn them at the stake, they're wrong, they should have known better, do better. Then you have these people over here who are like, I don't think it's that big of a deal. Anybody else who thinks it's a big deal is stupid and they shouldn't have to speak on this at all. It's not a big deal, get over it. And we see that repeated over and over again. And I think it's important to know that you, you can't really tell people who are hurt you don't get to say how much somebody else is hurt by something. And you shouldn't tell them to get over things that matter to them. What we should all be doing is working together and making this as visible as possible so that they learn from it and they get over it. And that's all I'm saying. That's all I ever say. Let these people call these people out because that's the only way we're gonna stop this from happening. Sorry.
the rant over. No, I think I think that was I think that's good, and I think that um, that Mamamoo fan site took a really good um, like stance on it. So shout outs to shout outs to them for sure. Um, does anybody else have any feelings on this Mamamoo thing? When I didn't haven't read the actual like apology letters that they released, but I just remember I just saw a lot of people commenting that apparently they released the statements, the apologies, and then apparently they were re-edited at least two times. And so for a lot of people, they didn't like that because it kind of felt like, well, it, it seems like it's not from a genuine place, the, you know, the response and the apology. And so, and apparently a lot of people were upset with some fans because the original reaction for some fans was just to tell the company, oh, remove it. Um, you know, this needs, like, they try to cover it up by telling the company to quickly remove it so it doesn't get spread to a lot of people, to a lot of um, the fans on Twitter. Because, um, and I guess just pretty much hide it so no one can really say anything. But of course, this is something that spreads like wildfire in K-pop. And um, I don't know, I was just, I'm not a big Mamamoo fan. I like one or two songs from them, but I never really, like, been that into Mamamoo, but even so, as a non-fan, it feels very disappointing. Um, I do remember the Hwasa thing with the song, the Beyonce song, and um, I heard that even Beyonce doesn't say the lyrics that way anymore. Yeah, it wasn't, so, she never did. That was, she put that in there. Yeah, so, oh, Hwasa herself put that in there? Yeah, that was yeah. the issue, is that the N-word doesn't exist in that part of the song. She dropped it. Wow, okay. I didn't know that part. Yeah, um, that that's more the issue than if it had been in the song and she said it, people would have been a lot more forgiving. Like they still would have given her heat, but people would have at least been more understanding. But she put a she wasn't reciting lyrics. She added a word, like it fit, not from her. That kind of thing, right? Like it didn't sound wrong. Like it didn't sound like it doesn't belong in that song, but it wasn't there, which means she put it there. So that, that was the issue. Well, for me, also as an just as a non-fan, I also, I just I also feel a sense of disappointment. I strong disappointment. You know, it's like it's at a point, especially with K-pop and some of these idols. It's just like it's not a thing of surprise, but it's a thing of just utter disappointment. It's just like you'd hope, especially the fact that nowadays K-pop fans have such a more stronger reach towards their international fans. And the fact that we're still having to deal with these issues and like i i just don't see how in anyone's mind it can just go through someone's mind and just be like oh i wanna pretend i'm this person so i'm going to paint my face or color in my face just so i can be them when the reality is all you really need is to like if they wanted to be bruno mars all you had to do was wear the similar clothes he wears and his music videos and stuff like that. And that's it, everyone, and you're singing along to his song, everyone will know who you are. You don't need to do all that. And so the fact that that extra, that unnecessary actionist was happened, you know, it just, I can't help but just sigh-eyed a bit, especially even after the apology, like, yeah, you apologize, but how really genuine are these apologies? Especially when things come into such a very strict format when these apologies are released. It's kind of like, it just you're just telling me that someone from your company did this. This isn't, 
these aren't your words, like Mamamoo members' words coming from them to the fans. It just feels like, okay, as a corporate company, we're going to apologize to the internal international fans and then just tell the Korean fans, oh, everything's okay, it's cool. You know, just a slight misunderstanding, no worries. You know, like you guys said, this is a time where you can teach not just Mamamoo, but the Korean fans as well as to exactly why this is wrong. And they're not taking that step. So it just makes it even more disappointing. And I don't know, I, I do hope that they themselves, Mamamoo, whether it's on their social media or maybe at their next concert, they'll just make a Gen they can just, you know, just a quick, oh, just say in their own words with that they're sorry and that they'll reflect and they're learning what exactly is that they did wrong and that they hope they can never make the same mistake again. But as of right now, it's just nothing but pure disappointment right now. Um, all right. If we don't have anything else, then uh, we'll, we'll get out of here. We're going to try something new. Um, we're going to give everybody a quick minute to promo something i guess uh so anything that you didn't get talked about any group you didn't have talked about uh but you wanted to let all our fans know and everybody listening know to check out or anything like that feel free to go ahead nico you had something in mind right so we'll, we'll use you first yeah hi everyone nico here so uh <laughs> i know i've been talking all this time uh I just want you all to go ahead and, if you haven't, give Taeyeon's album the full once over. Um, it's a great album for any of you who love good emotional, emotive music. Um, I won't say emo music. <laughs> um, there are plenty of tracks on there to get your emotions running. Uh, I think an honorable mention is a song called Time Lapse. That happens to be my favorite on the album. Um, and there's a song called Fire and also Eraser if you're looking for something a little more like I Got Love. And she has some songs kind of like Why, Cover Up is one of those. So um, definitely give her album the one, uh, once over. If you like it, let me know. Comment on our podcast on SoundCloud or send us a message on Twitter, either me personally or the Night Average Netizens podcast, Twitter, and let us know what you think about all these suggestions, all these choices we've made. Uh, yeah, hit us up on social media also. That's another promo. Just talk to us so we can know what you guys want to hear from us and what you want us to review or talk about on our show. Stand talent. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, I, I got one. It's it's pretty short. Um, a lot of people may have noticed uh, if you pay attention to kind of what's going on with concerts and things, but there's like three or four concerts just this month that are K-pop related or Korean entertainment related. Um, and the only thing I want to say is like if you have the opportunity, especially if you're in the L.A. area or close to it, um, go out. And like get tickets to some of those events. Um, for example, Geary Boy and Black Nut, who uh, don't support Black Nut, but support Geary Boy. They are performing in L.A. as well as San Francisco and Vancouver this month. The, those little shows, and especially with like hip-hop artists you might not think are important, but selling out those shows and having a big group of people at those shows is part of what makes those shows keep happening. Um, as long as we can keep like blowing up k-pop and korean entertainment it's beneficial for everyone like everybody eats if one group eats so like jesse's gonna be here as well she's gonna be in la and new york and chicago and some other places 
and obviously Hyo Rin has those small concerts as well as Hyuna and her expensive concert. So if you get the chance to go and see any stuff like that, like all I'm saying is go do it, go support it, especially if you can take people because it, it helps. It, every little bit helps for everybody. Kiara? All I just have to say is knock, 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 knock on my door. <laughs> and just uh, congrats to twice for sweeping the awards this week so proud of my girls i love them i'm sad though promotions are already over because they're only going to promote for two weeks so there you go just enough to win yeah bye twice (laughs) (laughs) it's okay they'll come back soon what about you juliet you got anything uh yeah, Jung Cook from BTS put out a full version of his We Don't Talk Anymore cover and it's lovely and angelic and I hope you all go listen to it because Charlie Puth responded to it and he said, Love this Jung Cook with a C and it was great. So please go listen to it. All right. Uh well that's gonna do it for us here. Um at Not Your Average Netizens. Thank you guys so much for listening. Um if you enjoyed listening to this, please subscribe to us on SoundCloud. Uh, soundcloud.com slash not your average netizens uh you can leave us comments there we're doing our best to reach out and respond in the comments we we read all that stuff that you guys leave even if we don't necessarily respond to it every time um i go check weekly to see if anybody's commenting so if you would like to listen to us uh on your or if it's easier to listen to us like on your phones or whatever you can also get our podcast on itunes um if you look up not your average netizens uh please subscribe to us there and rate and comment uh, I check those comments a lot less, I'll be honest. But we need those to uh, help us get noticed, and it does a it does a wonder for us uh, moving forward. Um, what else? Uh, you can follow us on Tumblr. I always forget what our Tumblr is, but you can always get to it if you go to notyouraveragenetizens.com. It'll take you straight to our Tumblr. You can also follow us on Twitter and tweet at us and all that good stuff if you uh, respond to uh, NYA Netizens. Uh, that would be us. Um, and re- re- right. what's up? You got it right. I know. It's surprising. I'm trying to do it without <laughs> the the paper, so it's real difficult. Um, <laughs> but but yeah, uh, it means a lot when you guys reach out to us. If there's any topic you want us to talk about, that's probably the best way to get it to us quickly. Um, you can also email us though if you would like at notyouraveragenetizens at gmail dot com. And I think that we'll do it. So uh, yeah, reach out to us, communicate with us. Let's. Uh, we want to put on the show that you guys want to listen to. So. Um, but till then, see ya. Bye-bye. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye. Bye.